Welcome to Monster Man. Ah, it's another horror hangout in the Belfry. This week, we have another return guest. We have an author who's a cool guy, my main man up in Afghanistan, otherwise known as Maine. <laughs> it is Glenn yeah. Rolfe in the house. What's Woo. up, man? What's happening, guys? What's Dude, up, brother? Punk rock hair and your guitars and ready to like whatever. party. Totally, dude. Dude, yeah, man. This guy's a rock star. You go on his Instagram and he'll play you a song with those flowing locks. Look at yeah. That. You know what? Yeah, let's do it. You know what? Maybe, maybe at the end of the show, his... at the end of the show, you could play us out. Well, I could play un- unplugged because I uh, the input jack on that one died on me. That's why I haven't done any videos lately because uh-huh. I can't really... Get to the guitar shop. I don't know how to fix it myself. So Tesla made but a career then, on Unplugged. You can do it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Five man, acoustic, one man acoustical jam. Nice, dude. I will tell you. I went to go see them. Uh, Firehouse is opening for them at the uh-huh. Nassau Coliseum. Um, years. I mean, a hundred years ago. So we get there, and my friend and I got there super early. Like they were still putting the stage together. Yeah. And Tesla came out. And just sat in folding chairs with no mics and just played for 45 minutes. That's awesome. And the, one of the guitars had a broken leg. I'll never forget that. So he's like, his leg is just like, you know, straight out. And he, they're just playing. Yep. And I was like, holy fuck. I was like, do we just leave right now? Like, we saw what we needed to see. Firehouse comes out, blows the doors off the place, which is rare. I feel bad for them because they came just before grunge hit. So they never had a chance to get traction. Yep. And then Tesla came out, they did their set, and then they did another acoustic set. I mean, they did, they played for like two and a half hours. Wow. Yeah, they awesome. were. Remember when Axel Rose, I think he had like a broken leg or something like that? The uh, the crutch? No. Axel? Yeah. He's done it twice because he did it. He had the he had the broken foot or whatever back in the 90s. He did that. Like when they first started the Usual Illusion tours, he hurt himself and had the cat or something. And then, the, then on the reunion tour... Yeah, he was, like, ago, he was he like he was like at a chair. Like a of, Dave Grohl's chair. It was like Dave Grohl lent him a, some chair from when he broke his leg. Axel probably broke it, kicking himself in his own ass. Maybe. <laughs> no, he had cowboy boots on. He was doing that show. They were at the Troubadour, and he was he jumped off. He was excited and jumped off something. And you know, he's not as young as he used to be. And especially not now. Broke. Something broke. I'll tell you what, I saw them a couple of years ago when they played the Meadowlands, and I had never seen them the first time around. So I was so excited to be, oh, my God, Guns N' Roses. And Axel looks a lot older, but he oh, yeah. sounded exactly the same. Like, it was... Really? Well, I saw him, I saw him, at, I saw him uh, on, in 2016. It was right before I went to Scares That Care. I saw him at, at Gillette Stadium. And I saw them in 93. It was my first concert I ever went to. It was them and Brian May. And it was, you know, pretty much what's funny was when I went saw him, it was Axel Slash and Duff were the only three original members still. And that was 93 because they had Gilby yeah. and Matt Sorum. And, you know, people were complaining about this reunion tour. Like, they've only got the three of them. And I'm like, last time, the first time I saw them, that's all there was. Yeah. And no one was complaining then. They sounded great both times to me. So I also saw Axel when he toured as Guns N' Roses with all fake guys like Buckethead. Yeah. Yep. Great guys, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Buckethead was one of them. The dude wears like a oh. Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket. Yep. He looks ridiculous, yep. but he's tremendous. Uh, he's oh, cr- yeah. phenomenal, and it was actually a great show. And it was like the last show before he like flaked out on the tour. Like, like we lucked out. They started on what, time. What a shock! I couldn't believe it. That was his thing, flaking out. But I don't know, man. Yeah, I had tickets to go see them. The the fake Guns N' Roses band. They were coming to Portland. And with uh, Sebastian Bach was opening, oh, nice. and I got all excited. I went, I went down to the. I lived in Portland at the time, so I just walked over to the Civic Center, and then found out it got canceled because uh, they couldn't have the pyrotechnics they wanted. Oh. The, oh, the the people came in and said they couldn't do it. So that that's the rumor we heard. Anyways, I was standing in line at Dunkin' Donuts getting a coffee before, before I went over to the Civic Center and. That's what everyone said. Oh, you know, the show's canceled. And I was like, what? No. Even if, even if it was the fake Guns N' Roses, I still wanted to see them, you know? Yeah, but, exactly. It's when a Chinese democracy had come out. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Anyway. Hey, let's get, a, let's get a handful of good songs on it. 
Yeah. You know what? A lot of bad bands have a handful of good songs. Yeah. So. <laughs> and now, yeah. speaking of touring, before we turn this all on, you toured with Matt Minocchio <laughs> to, to scare the care. What's it like I did. sharing oh. a room with another horror author? Oh, it was sensual. Let me tell you the <laughs> one. <laughs> we had our own beds, but he was right there, you know. Is that the first time you guys were ever like face to face? No, we met, uh, me and Matt met out in Ohio. I think we were, it was at Horror Hound. We did the Horror Hound. It was, uh, I think it was early 2015. I didn't even have a book out yet. I was over there. That's the Horror Hound I did. And I just had these little like postcard looking things of the covers for Abrams Bridge and Boomtown. And oh, I was, with Sam Hain, I was right? Signing, no, yeah, I was at the Sam Hain booth and that's what Matt was. And, uh, so we met there and hung out and talked and then kept in touch. And then when we decided we both wanted to do Scares to Care and we, I think, yeah, we split a table. And then he said, just come on down here and meet me, meet me at my house and we'll drive down together and stay at this, where we stay at a Super 8 or something. And there's a whole bunch of nonsense that goes along with that story, but it's not Matt's fault. Matt, Matt's a good guy, did the, all the good things and then i hung out with some people and had some drinks and yeah fell asleep outside nice nice so no, it was pretty pretty crazy but who farted the most in the room you know it was one of those things you know we weren't we we just met you know we kind of you know what i mean we'd only talked a little bit here and there so that's one of the things you think about right when you're driving you know, miles and miles with somebody. Yeah. You're like, you're, I was in his car, and I'm like, it's probably not polite for me to. I could need to just like try to squeeze this out slowly or whatever. You know, roll the window down, and say, "Oh man, it's hot in here." Something like that. You know, I I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, you never just... want to be in a car with us two. We've known each other like 20 years, so yeah, it's, it's all going out. If you're, you know, when I went on, I went on the road with my band, like my one of my old bands back in like 2009, 2010. We did a couple of short two-week tours and there was no holding back there you know what i mean that's peeing, the thing like, about guys peeing in the van and in bottles and hanging out and i will tell you this i did i dated my wife for five years before we got married yeah and i would have put my hand on a bible and swore that she had did not fart ever <laughs> i because never heard it never smelt it never snuck yeah. one out and I swear to God, I thought maybe there's something like wrong with her. She, yeah. I'm like, oh, she doesn't fart. And then we got married, and I was like, oh yeah, she does fart. <laughs> oh God, does she fart? <laughs> but seriously, it's been 28 years, Boy. and I think I've heard like five farts. I, used I to, still worry about her system. Big ratio. I used to work at this uh, marketing agency, and uh, this girl who became a very good friend of mine when I first met her. We were from the same town, so we had a, a kind of immediate thing to talk about. And she was real, real chill, real cool, kind of in your face kind of person. So we had known each other for a couple of weeks or whatever. And we got in an elevator together. And she goes, dude, I'm sorry, but there's no way around this. And she just like lifted her leg and let one go. And the lifting of the leg. Uh, like oh. she just like, like, like leaned into it. I yeah. laughed so hard. And literally that was the moment we like went from like acquaintances to friends. I, I thought that was like the funniest thing you could do, the best icebreaker, ice melter you could possibly have. Did you smelt her? <laughs> Luckily, the we weren't in the elevator. It, it, was, it was the doors opened shortly after, so I didn't have to uh, wait around to see. Yeah, we have a legendary fart in my family where <laughs> we were gathered around for Christmas. I'm sitting on the daybed, and I'm like on the edge of the daybed. And my mother-in-law is sitting on the floor right by the edge. And something somebody said something that made me laugh. And I laughed so hard. It was like one of those like anus flappers where I just <laughs> flapped her right in the freaking face. So we laugh about it. It's like every Christmas we're like, are you going to fart in mom's face? I'm like, I don't know, maybe. Yes, <laughs> right. Anything's possible. I have also thrown up all over a house during Christmas too. So, oh, God, the fart was better. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, you've got a new book coming out. <laughs> Speaking of farts, how's your book? Oh no! 
<laughs> now, before we uh, before we started recording, I was uh, I was saying uh, I'm the vampire guy out of the Monster Men, and I just had finished uh, actually his last book, and I was looking for something else to read. Now Jones is for a vampire book, and then I remembered that you had a vampire book come out, so I went. I saw it doesn't come out till May, so when we hang up, I'm going to try and you know twist your arm to get me one sooner. But May's coming up quick anyway. But I was very excited to talk to you. I send it over. You have it. Come on, I don't want to pay for this stuff. Yeah, Um, I'm finishing Tim Meyer's book, and once I'm done with his, I'm going jumping into Glenn's. Nice. Um, So tell us about that. Tell us the name. Give us the 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 lowdown on that because I want to get. I want to. This sounds like a really interesting book. All right. Um, So. I don't see. I have this. I I had a copy. I don't know if you can see this. Let me see. If I can I'll I'll, uh, I'll put it up. Right. I'll put it. It I'll, just looks okay. like your soul glowing into the camera. I'll it put was. the I'll put the that image up. I gotta put it back in the briefcase. Hold on. <laughs> I'll, I'll put the image up over the over the. Okay. Video. Yeah, so you gave called... Glenn a foot massage. What? <laughs> you brought up. So it's mission. called. Foot oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's it's called until summer comes around. And it takes place in 1986 at Old Orchard Beach. Nice. Second time I've worked at Old Orchard Beach. And I'll tell you what. Um, the first story I wrote about Old Orchard Beach was Things We Fear. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a novella that came out through Sam Hain. And uh, somebody read it. And they, they someone that had lived in Old Orchard. And they were like, one of their disappointments with the book was that I didn't that is such a great town that they felt like I could have really brought it to life and as soon as I read that and that was in a, it was in a, a review of it and as soon as I read that I was like ah they're so right you know what I mean I didn't care about the rest of the their opinion on whatever else happened I just thought about that and I was like I love that's like my favorite place to go is Old Orchard really? so I'm like I totally didn't even do it justice I really didn't I mean I did I did I did a little bit but I could have done so much more and that was like it was at that very moment, reading that review, that I was like, I've got to do Old Orchard Beach justice. I've got to write this story. And I kind of started scribbling ideas that day. Uh, I think I read it like I was doing an overnight at work. I read the review, and then I had my notebook out and just started scribbling ideas. And at the same time, the, the, the vampire, because I'd written, uh, I'd written like this fake short story years and years years ago like in like 1997 or something i wasn't even writing yet i was mm. i was just had this crazy idea i was reading ann rice books i had read uh the first three vampire chronicle books and had this idea about a vampire love story which is so weird right but well, um, if you're reading ann rice it's a natural i progression. guess it's not that weird right <laughs> I, I wrote the story and then from that short like it was only like a couple of pages i never finished anything i was just kind of fucking around and from that short story, the, the I had the character in the book had a band, and he wrote a song called "I Want to Suck Your Blood." I was like, I put a song title and made up a song title. I said, "That's a great song title for." It. Years later, I'm in a punk band, and I wrote that. I said, "What would that song actually sound like?" And I actually nice. wrote that song, yeah, and yeah. I kind of kept these characters alive in my head. And then uh, a few years later, I was in another band, and I wrote this story about this guy in a record store and this girl named november like in the song i I called her out as november and how she she was kind of mysterious and i'd written another song about a a girl that was a vampire that went to night school so all these all these past things kind of like have been working their way up and when i was writing the notes for this i knew i wanted the uh, the girl to be november because she'd kind of been in all this other stuff that i'd been kind of playing with over the years and so i guess I had the, the ideas for this story way before I even started writing. You know, I think basically before I even started being in bands. And I had no idea I was going to write anything ever, but uh, that all started. So then when I started this Old Orchard Beach idea, you know, I, I'm thinking I wanted to do 80s. I wanted to, I love the 80s stuff. I'm a huge fan of the Lost Boys. So I'm like, it'd be cool. I, but I didn't want to copy them. So I didn't want to have like this band of vampires or anything. So I wanted to do my own unique thing with my vampires, but it kind of, I wanted, I had certain things I wanted in this story. So I kind of had, I wanted the lost boys feel like old Orchard beach has that little, uh, it's got the pier. It's got a nice, like boardwalk ish area. There's an arcade, there's a playground. It's got this great setting. It's just a perfect setting for all this stuff. And I still wanted, uh, this love story with this girl named November. And 
I wanted this kid to meet her on the beach. And I'm like, obviously, if he's going to meet her on the beach and it's daytime, my vampires are obviously going to be different. And I'm absolutely fine with that. I don't want to just rehash stuff. And I don't mind using some things, but I like to do it my own way. You know what I mean? So mm. that's without telling you what the story is actually about. That's some of the stuff that goes that went into it's this, would you say it's the Lost Boys meets Joyland? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Joyland, I love That's one of my top five favorite King books, probably. That's that's I my favorite. That. I, wa- I read that book in Maine in a hammock beside the lake uh, two months after my dad passed away. Oh. And I remember sitting there and just crying. No book has ever made me cry, ever. Yeah. And I'm reading this book and crying. I'm like, I love that book. What's Joyland about? Uh, it's like uh, the Joy Suck Club. You ever see that movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> you see that? It, it's, it was it's on Pornhub. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. And the the, 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 the witches of Breastwick. I've seen them all. I've seen that. The hills, the hills have thighs. The 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 bear wench project. I've seen that. <laughs> but uh, Joyland, it's it's about a, a kid who goes to work at a an amusement park, but it's in New Hampshire. Um, that's just it's it's a beautiful book, man. It's perfect. I, read, I read it when it came out, yeah, back in like what 2013 or something. Yeah, it's it's a it's hard case, uh, crime put it out, yeah. So it's not like one of his horror stories, but it's, but it's just, like it's got like a little bit of a mystery, it's like mystery, and it's set back, it's set back in the 70s, right? I think, yeah, if I remember right. It's sheer perfection. All right, so it's be- awesome. Before we go any further, quick aside, I used to live on the North Shore of Mass up in the Beverly Salem area. Mass. And I actually went to see some um, WWF events with my buddies. And we were actually down in Duxbury on the South Shore, at that area. And we were pre-gaming before the match. And we met these dudes who looked like wrestlers. One guy looked like Tugboat from the old days. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. So we, I think he walked by or something. I go, you look like Tugboat. His name was Big City Mike, and they were actually they were wrestlers, but they were in like this minor league wrestling. Thing. Big City Mike. Big City Mike. Mike, that's an awesome name. So they 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 Push loved. <laughs> <laughs> They've got. They loved me and my buddy Doug. You want to come? Oh, oh come we, got on. we have a special guest. Hey, hey. Axel, can what's you say up hi? there, buddy? Axel. Yeah. Hi. What's up, Axel? Can you si- can you sing Paradise City? Paradise City. You can say it, but he can't. Well, <laughs> no. Nice. He's more of a he's more of ACDC, Metallica, and lately he's been bugging me to play "Kickstart My Heart" by Motley Crue. So. Oh, "Kickstart hey. My Freaking Heart." ACDC hey. needs a lead singer who can hear, so he <laughs> might hire him. <laughs> Hell's bells, baby. He's good. Bye, buddy. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Your son's name is Axel. That's awesome. Um, I will. It's so funny because he named his son Axel. I named my son, my my son, my daughter Star after the Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Yeah, I remember you saying that. And she met the Lost Boys at Horrifying, and it was surreal. It was a bizarre moment. Nice. Because they were drunk and. This, my daughter was like nine, and it just kept grabbing her. Hey, it's Star! <laughs> like, all right, guys. All right, it's cool. Oh, that one does about anything. Is that Optimus Prime? Yes. It, it is with a super mega upgrade. He's Look got at the some wings sort of on it. He yeah, it's got wings, huge guns. It's got, and his head is upgraded. We just pull that down. It's like an old time Shogun warrior. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mazinga. I used to little, have a giant Mazinga. Got a Voltron thing going on there. It oh, does have a little Voltron. Voltron. He loves Voltron. They have a new Voltron on Netflix. And he loves it. I did not like the new Voltron. I was a Star I Blazers, a Star Blazers guy myself. Um, Star Blazers. Oh, Glenn, you got. I don't know what Star that Blazers. is. It's a, it's a space opera. It's it's adult. It's not really for kids. It's, it's amazing. They had they. Uh, I, they convert an old battle World War II battleship into a spaceship. <laughs> what do you say? 
All right, it has to happen. By the way, this is what happens during quarantine life. We're all together. Yeah. Ordinarily, I would like, edit something like this out, but it's quarantine. We're leaving it. Jack's alone. I'm up in an attic, but my kids are older. But Glenn is facing what everybody faces right now, which is fully embedded with your children 24 hours a day. <laughs> yes. Sometimes you have to go to the store to take a break. <laughs> it's not easy. None of this is easy. That's great. Um, no. <laughs> All right, so real quick. Oh, we were so, talking about Star Blazers, yeah. Star Blazers, they convert a, a World War II battleship into a spaceship with this thing called the wave motion gun. That It always breaks, but they, they can use alien technology, and they have to travel a year away to get, like, a thing. Earth is dying from, like, radiation poisoning or something, so they have a year to get there and back with a cure for it, and the Gamelons they're fighting. First of all, it's the best theme song, like, in the history of... Of, oh my god! Of, of of anime, <laughs> and yeah. it's it's the same animation as it's the same anime stuff as uh, Battle of the Planets and, and and Voltron and all that stuff, but yeah, it's a space opera, and uh, but it's it's yeah, we're a little bit older than you, so we were watching that uh, when we got home from junior high and stuff. Characters died, which blew my mind in that. It no, was you never so, saw that. So good. So real quick, Big City Mike, and we hit it off. We're drinking with them. So we go to whatever it was, Monday Night Raw or whatever. We ended up going out afterwards with these guys. And we're hanging out. And my buddy is like saying how much he'd love to be a wrestler or something. And I go, I'd love to be an announcer. And I meant like the TV commentator. Like but a Paul Bearer. Big City Mike thought I meant like a ring announcer. He goes, I can arrange that. He goes, we're going to be at Old Orchard Beach in a couple of weeks. Why don't you come up and I'll let you announce some, some, uh, some matches. Like, oh my God, are you kidding me? So go up to Old Orchard <laughs> Beach, right where you're talking about that boardwalk there. This like, I think there was like yeah. a merry-go-round thing or something. And one of these places they have like they had a ring set up, and I got up and ring announced like three or four matches with these dudes. Like, nice. And then I did it again down in Situate another time. It was the greatest. And That's awesome. I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Big City Mike. And then another Big time. We went to a wherever uh, you are. Yeah, he's dead now. <laughs> Give a social. I was gonna say, like most wrestlers, he's probably dead. One one time, I was gonna we, joke. One time we met these guys. We met them at um, Monday Night Raw, and all the wrestlers were going to this bar afterwards. And you had to know somebody to get in. So Big City Mike knew the guys, so he got us in. So you had what my friends who worked at WWE called the Marks. Right which are all the, the hardcore wrestling fans. All the marks are camped outside trying to get autographs and stuff. And we like wa walked by all of them and into the bar. And I was hanging out with Bam Bam Bigelow and Ted DiBiase and uh, Owen Hart, another rest in peace, wow, was yeah. there. Yeah. We, we kind of didn't talk to a lot of the guys. We just sort of listened and nodded. And a lot of we didn't try and bother guys or whatever. So we were we talking about it. Yeah. But it was a really cool night. Bam Bam Bigelow's head oh. looks awesome in real life. Wasn't it Bobby the Brain Heenan we saw at Chiller a couple of years oh, ago? He was in rough shape. Ooh, all that left was left was the brain. It was yeah. just like oh, a brain and like right. part of a face. It was terrible. Unreal. So what's this? Hey, it's all everybody we watched growing up, getting old or dying or getting really old, and I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, me either. Well, I'm so old now that when I hear of a celebrity death, I immediately look for how old they are. And start to do the right. math on how much older they are than me, or are they the same uh, age as me? Jack and I are so old that baseball players that we know the last name, they're the grandsons of the ones we grew up with. <laughs> Delino de Shields. So, dude, you're up there. I'm sure sequestered like the rest of us. Yeah. Kids are probably home from school. Yeah. When they when they when they go to bed at night, what are you watching to give yourself a moment of sanity and just joy? Now this is uh this is a good thing. Uh, me and my wife went for a walk today, um, just down the road for a little bit. And we were talking about how this is the most time we've actually got to spend together. Like we, she's been reading all these things. She's been telling me, oh man, there's people, they're thinking there's going to be lots of like requesting you know, divorces and stuff after this, for people yeah. being stuck together that are used to not spending all this time. And for us, we've kind of been wanting to get this time back, 
that we haven't had in a couple of years now. It seems like we're kind of tagging in and out all the time. So this, especially this last week, because the first couple of weeks, you know, it was all fucking wonky and it was all over the place and you just all over the place emotionally. But this, this last week, we've kind of got back into our routine of we put the kids to bed and they sit down to watch something together. And we watched, nice. um, we watched Dr. Sleep last night. The night yeah. before that, we watched Night of the Hunter, that old movie. Oh, yeah. Robert Mitchum. That's a great yep. movie. Yep. Watch that. So I don't. I, I think Ray Gartner or something mentioned it on Facebook somewhere about how Robert Mitchum was like really creepy, like his character. So I, I looked it up and it was on Prime. So we watched that, and we watched something else a couple of nights ago. I don't remember which what it was, but what did you think of Doctor Sleep? Oh, I love that movie. I thought they did a really good job, and I thought the ending was different, right? But it was. A, I loved there. I loved both endings, but I loved this ending. I loved that they had to use the hotel and stuff. So. That was our favorite movie of the year. Yeah. In my my write-up of it, I said, if there was ever a movie I expected to hate, it was going to be Dr. Sleep. Because, like, making a a sequel to The Shining, and I heard the book was good. I hadn't read it. But, man, it's Flanagan, right, who made that movie? Yeah. Yeah. That guy. Flanagan. You could just see the love of the material that that guy had. And the fact that he made something that both Stephen King and the movie lovers could both agree Mm -hmm. on. To me, was like, you know what? If you don't think this is the the best movie, no problem. I can under I can under. It's not The Shining, it's it's on a different right. level than The Shining. But for a follow up to it, it, it was made with love for the for so both, far apart both from the other one. Yeah, yeah. So and man, when when they get to the hotel, there was like having a Jack Torrance there. Oh, were they on thin ice. But I thought he pulled it off. Yeah, I thought yeah. he pulled it off. No, that, that that movie was amazing. You see, what I've been doing, I've been watching a lot of. I'm not watching a lot of new stuff other than Tiger King, which I finished last night. I gotta Jesus start Christ. that this week. Yeah, that is freaking amazing. Um, but I've been going back to like comfort movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, because I'm working from home now, so when I'm working, I've got the TV on, so I'm like, I like Hammer movies on in the background. Uh, and when I'm done for the night, I'm watching a lot of Corman movies, like tons of like Corman, like sci-fi eighties movies for whatever. But I mean, they all look, they, at the time when I was a kid, they gave me space monsters and boobs. And that's really all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, yeah. I might watch galaxy of terror tonight. Oh, that's not my cue. The, Cause I, I, <laughs> I watched forbidden world last week. So I'm like, all right, I got to go for the other one. Oh, that's great. Um, now we go. We went. Oh, we watched. Uh, I know we watched a couple nights ago. We watched The Conjuring. It was the night the power went out. And I love. I don't know. I yeah. I love that movie. I think the the way they set everything up. James Wan just did an awesome job. Like the scares are like totally earned. Like totally earns every one of them. And I possession stuff because I believe in God and the devil. That stuff really gets to me because I'm like, I get really freaks me out when they do it right. When they do it well, it really gets under my skin. And <laughs> we were we were just building up to when I think the mother had been possessed. When she saw like the sheet goes up to the window, and then all of a sudden you see like the person in the window, and then she goes, the mother starts freaking out or whatever. Right. So it's just getting to where all the really hard possession stuff is about to start happening. And then the power goes, whoop, goes off for just a second and then comes back on in my house. And it's just me and her up watching it. You know, the kids are all asleep. I'm right. like, all right, listen, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to shut this off and we're going to watch a couple episodes of Psych and then we're going to go to bed. <laughs> I've been watching Psych. They did that marathon. Oh, just, we watch it all the time because my oldest daughter loves it and we love it. So It's the best. So I saw the first episode of Psych ever. They they, were, nice. they started the marathon, so I, I DVR'd a bunch. And that's what I'm yep. watching while I work from home. I put Psych on. I love I that have, show. Well, I have never watched an episode of that. But you can't – with TV, don't go by me. I've never seen a Law & Order. I've never seen a CSI, an ER. I mean, all these long-running shows – I don't watch them. So Psych for me is my nephew and I have several shows, and one of them is Psych and Monk. Um, well, Monk. I would just go up there, and the two of us, we have this great relationship where I would just go there, and we just like put on Psych for a couple of episodes, watch it, and just kind of chat in and out, yep. and just like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Just want to watch mm. a couple of Psychs? Okay. 
And, you know, to this day, like, we're just like, what do you want to do? Well, if nothing else, I like spending time with you, but just pop on psych. Psych and just hang out. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. Like, my, like, my oldest daughter has just got into, just got into it, like, during this whole thing. Me and my wife, we never got into it when it was on, when it was on TV. We got into it because it's on Amazon Prime or whatever and just started watching it. Fell in love with it right off the bat. Couldn't, it's one of those shows where you're like, why the hell wasn't, why did I miss this when it was on before? Another show that I like that's like that is Chuck, like that was on NBC. I've never watched I really, oh, like, yeah. I really liked that too. But I remember like the commercials would come on uh, before Sunday Night Football or something like the number one show on TV, Chuck. And I'm like, nobody watches this. What is this show? This is garbage. <laughs> and then I watched it years later after it was already gone and was like, oh, this is pretty good. I like this show. A friend of mine told you know, me I got to watch it. You guys remind me, my daughter and I have to finish the last season of Channel Zero. Barbara Crampton's in the final season. I've never watched that. I've never seen Channel that. Zero. So every there were four seasons, and every season is a different through line, different story, and it's about six, seven episodes long. It's I got to tell you, probably some of the best horror television of all oh, time. Good, I'll pop that. They were pumping out, but it just didn't get any traction. One year was they had Rutger Hauer. Oh, yeah, amazing. So I can't wait What's to. What's it on? It used to be on Sci-Fi, so now I. Th- think it's on hulu oh, i have hulu. hulu i'll have to look for it yeah. i don't have hulu but I've i have never checked it out <laughs> i do have a look psych book this. though nice. this is the uh, psych's guide for to crime fighting for the totally unqualified got this from my it's nephew so good friend. so good by the way i'm envious uh glenn that you're drinking pbr oh yeah that's our beer and not just any pbr those are tall boys tall boys you gotta have the that's... tall boys when I go to his house, he he often has a PBR Tallboy waiting for me. Yep. <laughs> I was just happy. I was just happy that the store was open. I called. I called him. I'm like, I got to call the corner store and see if they're open. And they're like, Yeah. And I said, You guys closing soon? She's like, No, we're open till seven. I'm like, Perfect. I'll go down and grab some beer before the show. This will be good. In the '80s, PBR was known as Headache in a Can, and it was just the thing that you. It's like if Meisterbrow, if there was no Meisterbrow, you'd get PBR. Yeah. And then I remember they brought it back, and I was at um, Ricky's in uh, Naples, Maine, yeah, uh, right on the causeway there. So um, they said, oh, would you like a PBR? It's only a dollar. Oh, a dollar. So I said, nah, I don't want a PBR. I said, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's only a dollar. All right, I'll take it. So they no, gave it to me. I take, you wanted this. I take a sip, and I'm like, and I'll drink anything. I'll drink yak piss. And I <laughs> I took a sip and I was like, nah, I don't like this. I said, I feel like I've been overcharged by 99 cents. Oh, and she, no. she took it off the bill. And then like a few years later, I swear to God, they must have gotten a different water source or something. And then it became like the hipster beer. And it's totally different than it. I mean, there's no relation between this PBR and PBR from like 1988. None. The, what about the uh, award winning? It won some award back in the... Whenever shit, look it's at all those crappy, look at all those crappy horror movies that Gravitas <laughs> Pictures puts out, and they've all won an award somewhere at some underground somewhere. horror That's true. convention. That's true. <laughs> no, but this is this is definitely like my favorite cheap beer is, is PBR by like miles and miles. I can't Mine believe this people that drink Bud Light. Bud Light tastes like Alcazar to me. I can't Dude. drink that garbage. I will only drink Bud Light Platinum. Because it has six percent alcohol. Oh, that's fancy. I'm only going for the alcohol content. I don't give a care about. I actually like Bud Light, so I'll just stay out of this part. But oh, wait. I'm sorry I, if I offended you. With the Bud Light I, no, this is my feeling about beer because I hate beer snobs. You like what you like, and like if I, I like PBRs, I love Schaefer. I like Rheingold. I like all the old man beers. I don't like. Jack and I are all about Schaefer. Our, I, one of our favorite restaurants only serves Schaefer in a okay. can. I like Miller in oh. a bottle, or Miller, but I don't like Miller Lite that much. But <sighs> see, I like Miller Lite. See, I like Miller Lite. So. Miller's like the regular Miller is like the champagne of beer, right? I is love that... regular Miller. I used to in college, man. Um, I love Bass Ale. I don't really like um, IPAs and stuff. But Hunter and I both love Schaefer, mm-hmm. and uh, mm. one of my best friends in the whole world. He's a, he's a beer snob, and he was he was visiting. And we were out someplace having lunch, and I mentioned how there's a colony pizza place right next. It's in Porchester. 
And I said, yeah. And I, I somehow I mentioned that they had a Schaefer, that I loved Schaefer. And he goes, oh, right. my uncle who just passed away, he loved Schaefer. He goes, I'll go have a Schaefer with you. Want to go get a Schaefer? And I'm like, you'll drink Schaefer? After all the crap you give me about <laughs> drinking Bud or whatever? <laughs> yeah, really? I was like, wow, definitely. So we have a great picture of me and him toasting his uncle at Colony drinking Schaefer's. I was like, oh, this is the greatest moment because usually he's he's just looking down on me for the beer I drink. And like, yeah. I Schaefer was like, Schaefer was cheap crap in the 70s. I'm, I'm like, look, man, <laughs> you like, you like what Schaefer. you like. And I, I don't like people who are beer snobs who are looking down on whatever you're drinking. I get it. There's times where people are drinking white Zinfandel and I'm like, what are you doing? But when it comes down to it, what do you like? Drink what you like. In these Jack, times, I thought you and I should get two cases of Schaefer and drive up to Maine and introduce Glenn because we buried my dad with cans of Schaefer. So. Let's do it. Come on out. We want to go up. Here, the, we, we want to go to the Cryptozoology Museum, so you should come down and meet us when we do that. I'll come down and meet you guys. He's already we, come great. down to meet me before at the museum. I got a friend with a yeah. house yeah. near where he lives, yeah. so I might see him this summer. Dude, after all this nonsense, I, I gotta go away. I, I need. I'm gonna need at least two weeks in Maine to just decompress because this is ridiculous. Like I could really enjoy this moment of you know, job doesn't want me there, so I'm working from home. We're all in the house, which I love. I freaking, mm -hmm. I love the fact mm -hmm. that I can just sit, watch movies, I can read, I can write. I'm like, this is like all I ever want to do in life, but. Because first my daughter was sick at the beginning of this scare and she got tested and we had to wait a long time to find out she was negative. But in that time, you all are now living separately within the house. And as soon as she gets better, my wife gets sick. But now when she gets sick, they're not doing tests in New York unless you're having trouble breathing. So now it's another two weeks on top of that where I, I can't be with my wife. <laughs> I can't be with anybody. Yeah, it's Although, between. We were out in the yard. Me and the kids were in the yard today having fun. You, but you need to get her this set up. She needs one of the computer in her room so you can do this business. How are She's you doing, doing this on the Facebook other with everybody all day? Uh, <laughs> between worrying about yourself catching it, worrying about your family and friends catching it, and then worrying about should I go to the store and risk getting sick, and will I find anything at the store? All that stress because, yes, if all it was was that you could get everything you need and you could stay home, that's one thing. But it's yeah. all these other factors that, like, keep you up at night. And you start watching the news, and then I'm watching the friggin' series finale of uh, Modern Family, and I start to get choked up because I'm thinking about how short life is and how precious uh, everything yeah. is, you know? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I've been sleeping on a very that. uncomfortable couch for over a month, which so my sleep is screwed. I cannot yeah. sleep unless I drink myself to death or I pop Benadryls. And then, like you said, Jack, I went to, like I went to the store today. Went to a, a supermarket my friend manages. It had just about everything, no paper products. So forget that. But I, I got everything I needed. And I've avoided news for a week. And as I'm driving yeah. home this morning before I had to work, I turn on the news in the car and I swear to God, I'm thinking I can't breathe while I'm driving. I'm like, oh my God, it's happening. It happens quick. This is what's happening. I'm like, just get home, just get home, pack your stuff up and go to work and take your mind off it. It's because literally I had like a half an hour freak out thinking I was next. And am I going to kill my family? Cause I got it. It was just, it's just bonkers. It is. It's crazy. Like when I was still working, that's what I would do because we have a, I mean, it was dead. We were working for like the last two or three weeks and it was, we had like seven people one day and three people another day. We're used to having like 80% capacity, you know, 80 rooms it sold. And yeah. so you, you know, I've already got plenty of time. I mean, I don't, I work the front desk. I've got a computer in front of me so I can be on Facebook. I can be doing all my author stuff in the background. I could write at work if I've got a you know, slow enough time. But all I was doing was watching CNN and checking the news and checking this. And I had a panic attack out back. And I've had them before. And I've been on like a Zoloft before. And uh, I was sitting out back and I just started, I started getting the sweats, the hot, you know, and I just started feeling sick, nauseous. Like you said, like a couple of times during this whole thing, I felt like, oh my God, is my, am I short of breath right now? I feel like I can't breathe normal right now. Is this, is this it? Do I have it? Like, 
it's ridiculous, especially for me. I'm not in a high area like you guys, but even out in my front yard, I thought of it. I, I said, oh my God, I feel like I'm breathing funny. What am I gonna, you know, you, like you just said, you've got your kids in the house, you've got your wife in the house. And it's just, I called my doctor up and I said, I need to get back on that sertraline, which is like the generic Zoloft. I was on it a few years ago. I was able to get off of it and have been good since, but I was like, I don't want to go through, this is going to be a pretty panicky time, unsettled time. I, I want to like preemptively get on top of this and get my uh, anxiety medicine back just because I know it's going to be going up. So I've been doing See, I, I got this is right something. This is something I don't think people are talking about because I spent a decade. I had anxiety disorder so bad I was mal un I couldn't function, and I've done 19 years of hard work to get over that. And this is chipping away at every wall I've built around that son of a bitch. And oh, yeah. every now and then, this little brick comes out and it just shoots me right in the chest. And it's like, oh yep. crap! So you're calling upon everything you've ever done to tamp that monster down in your brain. And I'm like, but how many times can I keep doing this? Or will I just end up in AA when this is all done? <laughs> I really don't know what the end game is going to be on this. Right. Yeah, I can't imagine being in the big city. Like, I got a buddy that's in California that played in the band. And I was talking to him yesterday on Facebook. And he was talking about how they come in, he's got a family, he's got five kids. They come in from the grocery store. They said it takes them an hour, hour and a half to like wipe down all the food they just bought. As soon as they're done that, they strip their clothes off, wash the clothes, take showers. And I'm like, because I, and that to me is like, that's a whole different world. And I know it's out there. And I know it's happening. It's happening probably in you guys' area. It's happening there, there in Southern California. So it's happening to them. Yeah. I can like, oh my God, I have a hard enough time. Being up here where it's like there is coronavirus is up here. It's in Augusta, but it's like not prevalent. It's not like everywhere. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. there's, there's only been like under 100 deaths in Maine. So Dude, th all this has been a reason for me and my wife to say, like, we have to get the hell up to Maine. I mean, seriously, we have to get away from this area. <laughs> yeah, I definitely started rethinking even, you know, where we live, everybody work. There's more work in New York than there is outside of New York. So there's a lot of benefits to living cl as close as we do to the city. Now suddenly it's like, hmm, maybe it wouldn't be bad to be 30 minutes that way. Yeah. <laughs> no. And uh, I, I don't care what work. I'll swing a hammer. I'll rebuild porches up in Maine. Porches and rooftops, <laughs> they all get screwed up in the winter. I'm they sure get screwed up in the winter, winter, for sure. I mean, Jesus. But yeah, it's, it's, this is definitely a... I hope that when this is over, we don't things don't go back to the way they were. I don't want that to happen. I want people to rethink the stuff that matters, and maybe right. rethink the way you, what how you're going to prioritize your life and how you're going to live it here on in. I have a feeling that we're such a stupid species that we're just going to fall in the Go same right garbage again. I, I just have a feeling. There's a line this in would, um... this is a prime a golden moment to change everything there's a line in the lord of the rings movie gandalf i think says where he's like something to the effect of i've lived for like 900 years and now suddenly i'm out of time you know and i i, I i'm looking at so many aspects of my life and going oh i i was putting this off and i was i'd get around to that or whatever and you're always thinking to yourself what if my number's up what you know or what if somebody else's number is up? like are, am i out of time or whatever so I'm hoping the same thing you say, that this is that carpe diem moment that when we get the hell out of here, it's you got to fucking life is short. Tell people you love them. Do the yeah. things that you want to do and, and, and push aside. And you're right, Hunter. There's going to be a certain amount of this that just it goes away. Um, and yeah. Glenn, I'll tell you They're what. The same schmucks they were. It's just like 9-11. We lived through it here with 9-11, and we had yeah. like a month and a half, two months of, oh, let's come together, and then people became assholes, Again. just like they were. Yeah. Right. Glad I'll tell you what. One of the reasons that uh, we have a blast doing this show, we don't make any money off it. He sells a few books maybe from it, but like you and I met once online, and now I consider you like a friend of mine. Having you back, this is great. And I was actually thinking about this with these hangouts we're doing. This is like just – this is a great – it's like therapy. We get together. I hope that people watching this 
are getting the same thing out of it we are that it's a release you can hear what other right. people are saying but it's also like i just thought about this little community we've got this little horror community of people whether you're authors your fans your you know we're all we're all connected like you know and it, it this is a special thing. I, I'm really grateful for this technology that you're in Maine and that we can we can connect like this. And and I feel like we're doing something. If it's not just for us, maybe it's for people out there to just help everybody get through this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm I'm I told my I told my doctor just because I'm getting I'm in my 40s now, so I was like I got to start going to the doctors on a fairly regular basis. I want to stay ahead of anything. I've got my kids to think about. I want to make sure I'm all right and I can stick around as long as I can for them, you know, so yeah. for me at all, you know, whatever. I was always whatever before, but now I've got them and I can't even imagine anything with them or for me. So I started going to the doctors and making myself do things I felt uncomfortable about before because you don't want to, you know, my brother died of cancer a few years ago Ugh. and yeah. I've kind of been, anytime I got sick, I started, that's where my anxieties really developed is because of my brother's sickness and I, even though I, we think he got it from the military because he was moving depleted uranium, we think that his cancer came from that. Which oh, that's we're not for sure. We're not 100% sure, but that's the feeling. I still I can't get over the fact like this was a guy that was like a mountain to me. You know, nothing could touch him. He was uh, he was indestructible. And to watch him, what happened to him happen just really fucked me up. And so just little things like if I get – if somebody gets – the flu or something in my house. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't get sick. I can't get sick. It just, it's hooked to this thing with my brother. And I, and I know that, and even knowing it, I still can't like separate it. And like, I tell myself, you're just getting freaked out. It's not anything like that. It's just regular cold sickness, whatever. And this, that's why I originally got on anxiety medicines. And it, I was, I've never been ashamed that I've taken any kind of medication for that. And I can't, it's sad to me that anyone might feel that way out there. That they should feel, I don't know, different or less than yeah. because they take medicine. And I'm like, as soon as I felt this again, I, like you said, I kicked it, but mine not for only for a couple of years. I've been not on any medication, feeling good, feeling like I got this conquered. And then this shit happens. And I was like, oh, fuck. No, it started coming back quick, like just creeping up you know, fingers on my back, you know, over my shoulders. And I was like, I don't want to deal with that again. I'm going to jump ahead of it and get on my medication. There's no, no shame in that. I'm going to go back and I can work my way back to where I am, where it was after, you know, you, you did the right thing because if I was only two years out of just like saying, all right, I'm, I'm on my own and this happened, I'd be right back. It would just be ah, back to, back to start. Um, yeah. so you know, I'm 19 years out of that and I'm still eyeing like the Xanax in the house going, mm -hmm. uh, maybe I might take that right now. So <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I, I don't like I'm trying. medication. I could not take medication. I wouldn't. You know what I mean? That's why I got no. off. And I was like, I can figure this out. I and I'd rather not put anything else into my body that I don't have to. And it worked out for a while, but I'm not against it. Like if I need it, which I feel like I really do, I don't want to just pound beers all day, like you just said. No, <laughs> I don't want to just there and just drink myself yeah. crazy. Even though I did, I, I gave myself a night when I when my job said, you know, we're closing down. I knew it was coming, mm. and and I was hoping, like, maybe we could, you know, wait it out and we'll get past it and sl slip through somehow. But as soon as they said, yeah, we're, we're done. You don't have to work anymore for right now. We'll call you back when things change. That night, I was just like, I, it really hit me in the gut, you know. And I, I grabbed a six-pack and I was just like, I'm drinking all of this tonight. I don't that's, care. That's, like, I don't usually drink. It's called being a man, Glenn. It's called being a man. I'm at tonight. <laughs> <laughs> medicine, like Jack, like Jack said, take your medicine. That's right, man. There's nothing wrong with pills or booze, and so, combining them, it's all good. <laughs> so we got to sell some books for you, pal. Now yeah. you've got a you got a Blair a werewolf book. You've got um, I know. back there somewhere. Or maybe Axel took it. Axel's got it. Got it. Look at this. This is are crazy. We see, are we going to see blood and rain? Blood and rain. Blood and rain. The cold November rain. <laughs> Where'd he go? On. Did you get my butt in the shot there? Uh, I'll freeze frame it. <laughs> we got. We've got we we Sam Hain. Wow. Look we got that. this cool one that Lynn Hansen did for me. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know if yeah, you can see that one. Good. And then we've got 
uh, Matt Hayward and his wife, mm. they did uh, a Poltergeist Press. They do a, another ghost it's a, uh, with uh, Thunderstorm Books. They did like this really cool hardcover edition. Boy, I'm and glad then, they worked so hard on that cover. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. The actual cover's inside. Wait. The prestige cover. Oh, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's, Boy, I'm, this, it's I, got this cool, like, Bible feel to the, to the thing. It's really cool. It's actually a great idea. So then you don't, you don't no. get the cover messed up. No, and it's got, and it's got like a, hold on, this is cool. By the way, did you ever think? Oh, oh the bookmark. Nice. I need that. Did yeah. you ever think you would get to this point? You know what I mean? Like yeah, of course you, I did. What? Number one. Yeah. No, no, of course not. <laughs> Straight to the oh, top. Man. There are so many times I look at like my bookshelf, I'm like I don't know how this happened. And every time something comes, I'm like, "What? <laughs> Why?" Listen, man, I got—I'm getting sentimental in this show. Uh, I'm so freaking proud of this guy. I've known him since before he was writing books, or before he was Hunter Shea. The that yeah. I see people on Twitter talking about the, my favorite five books of the year, and they're throwing both of your names out there. Um, I've seen this guy come a long way, and I've been behind the scenes with it. And I'm impressed because I I've written some blogs and I've written some magazine articles, but this guy's the real deal, and I, I've watched him mature. And I got to tell you, dude, you you juggle your your life and your work, and you've you've built up this reputation um, as an author, and, and the circles you've run, you've you've crushed it, man. So tip yeah. of the cap, my man. It's awesome, man. Tip it, tip it. Yep, yep. No, man. No, oh, it's off. I have Hellhole over here. Wasn't that the original version of uh, Ghost Mine, right? Yeah, I've got, that's. I've got the Sam Hain copy over there in that same pile. I had, I had told Don at the, we were at a bar and talking about. Uh, he's like, oh, you want me to reprint any of the Sam Hain titles? I said, yeah, you can take Hellhole, but I said, get rid of that name. <laughs> Every it's time it's I see Spinal the Tap title, song I'm conjuring up Spinal Tap, what? so that's why we went with ghost mine i think you should have you should have went with sex farm sex <laughs> no i think that's a, that sounds shit sandwich that sounds like a matt shaw book sex farm <laughs> matt shaw that. he'd do sex farm and he would be proud of it too no so, shame how many books do you have coming out this year what's, uh, what's in the no pipeline we have until summer comes around, coming out May twenty first from Flame Tree. Can't wait, um, bastard. Um, yeah, it's, I'm excited, man. It's my favorite thing. It's definitely my favorite book I've written so far. Oh, um, so I, I was going to say that with all the books. I was going to ask you. I mean, that one, I love it. If somebody wants to read a book before, because you got about a month for for this other one, what what's like the first or second book that they should read? I don't know. Blood and Rain's pretty popular. People like that. And Cemetery Dance put out the ebook now, so I've got the ebook is with Cemetery Dance, the hardcover and the paperback are with Poltergeist Press. Um, so confusing. Can you just do one? Isn't that weird? Everybody watching this, everybody watching this, do me a favor and buy one of his books. Just go for it. I uh, put out um, in between What's... Sam Hain and 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 Flame Tree. I put out. Uh, Becoming was a creature feature book that I put out. I just put I out. That. I just put up the uh, print edition. I just put it back up. I took it down for a while because I was going to do something else. But I put that back up today. Actually, it's uh, Becoming and Boomtown. I put Boomtown as a bonus novella in it. Boomtown then, is uh, so much fun. Another book that I'm really proud of is is uh, the this Joy one. of Sex. Oh, the oh, Joy window. of Sex. I have Red oh. Window. Joy of Sex. The Window. In the window. The joy of sex in the window. There actually is a lot of sex in here, but it's also weirdly a coming-of-age story as well. Uh I know. It's it's kind of weird. When I wrote that book, I was like, I wanted to write like a coming-of-age, you know, it kind of vibe with also a John Everson type book. Well, look, as long as you don't do an it where we're going to gang rape a 12-year-old girl, that's fine. Yeah, well, I I actually don't have that in there, but... You, you uh, can tell Stephen King only had sons. <laughs> oh, my God. Book. Right? Right? <laughs> oh, my God. Now, your new book's a vampire book. Real quick. Any uh, any vampire movies or books that are, like, 
stand out as favorites of yours? Uh, Lost Boys, obviously. Uh, the Anne Rice, like I said, the first three, really the first three. I've read a couple more, but the first three were like the best. And and really, Lestat, what, Vampire Lestat or Lestat, whatever the second the one was Vampire called. Vampire Lestat, I think is. And yeah. Queen of the Damned. Those two books are among my favorites. Like that, they just and they have to be read together. Uh, I read the first three Anne Rice books. Then I was reading Tale of the Body Thief, and I just like threw it across the room. I was like, all right, it's enough. It's so weird. It's such a weird book. But, I read her book about Jesus. You guys ever read that. that one? No, no. Tell the Body Thief was my, my end of my Anne Rice run. <laughs> I've, I've never <laughs> read her insane. vampire books, by the way. I have to do that. If you read two, just read just read The Vampire Lestat and uh, Queen of the Damned. Interview with the Vampire awesome. is a good book. It's good, but it's like Lestat's like not really Lestat really in that book. Is it as good as Intercourse of the Vampire? No. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's just as good. From behind. How about and, uh, a weird pleasant stranger? <laughs> pleasant stranger. I'm just looking at my books. I'm like Live Girls uh, by. Oh, Brady I read Garden. that. Great art. I, I, I like great. that. I love that. What I about uh, you? Ever read Bite by Richard Lehman? No, I haven't read. I have it. It's on my shelf over here, but I haven't read that yet. No, oh, I haven't. Yeah, read that. that's uh, good. It was, it was uh, Bentley Little's The Summoning. Oh, The Summoning. Read so. that one. Bentley Little couldn't write a bad book if he tried. I don't think so. I don't. The, my least favorite by him has been the uh, probably the Haunted. I think was one. The, my least favorite was the one with the post office. There was one the with the post man? office. Something like that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I, I started that, but I haven't. I haven't. See the guy really who wrote the store. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you gave me like that, that guy. Is, it's so sad because he's not in stores anymore. He should be. He's so freaking good but who wrote bite i'm writing this down richard, richard layman he also did the great the traveling vampire show oh, oh yes why did i forget that there we go coming of age fucking vampires there you go yeah have you guys read um have you guys read light at the end no i have mm -hmm. that right there. i've I'm heard good things right. about that i gotta read that yep inspector right yeah i haven't read that yet and you were saying jance has a vampire book yeah, I, well, I think that's what this is. It's I've uh, got right here. Darkest I Lullaby. I think it, so you're right. Sure. The Darkest Lullaby. I mean, the thing is, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's vampires, but I'm like almost you're to far like, the in. last bit of it. I'm like almost to the end of it. Not it's sure. Of, I think okay. it was like his. It's one of his early books. It's one of his first three, and the beginning yeah. is awesome. The the middle is all kind of like. We're doing this a little bit, and I was like, "Where is this going? What's going on?" Let's, and now it's just picked up again. Though. Like the last like fifty pages, it really picked up, and I'm totally into it right now. And I'm trying to finish this because tomorrow I'm starting another vampire book. Actually, oh, what the hell? In the Valley of the Sun? Oh, I've heard oh, of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm book. starting that. There's a good a group read that I I joined uh, starting tomorrow. Actually, so I've got to finish this book tonight, and then I'm jumping into that one tomorrow. That's not the and one. Then, yeah. It's a new vampire book that just came out, and it's supposed to be like fried green tomatoes meets Dracula oh, that's or something. Grady Hendrix. Grady Hendrix's book. Yeah. Oh it, yeah. It's getting rave that reviews. Looks so good. Grady Hendrix is amazing. I haven't read it. I read. Uh, I read my best friend Sexism or whatever. I thought that was pretty good. But yeah. Oh, I, I got that. that. I got to start reading it. I haven't. I haven't read any of his other stuff besides the, the paperbacks from hell. But paperbacks from hell is non amazing. That's that's a book I'm gonna just look at constantly. Yeah, yeah. All right, nope. Jack. We're that's... we're about an hour in, Jack. We're about an hour we're in, gonna... Glenn. This was yeah. great to catch up, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Whenever, what? whenever. The other oh oh for other things I want to try to finish this year. Let me yes. just. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. got um working on the sequel to Boomtown right now. Awesome. It's called the It's called Ascension Agenda, and it's uh, Jack Bantry from Splatterpunk. Splatterpunk zine. He's mm. trying to put out a line of books, and I, he asked me a couple of years ago for something, and I've kind of been working on this while doing all my other stuff. Um, so I'm trying to finish this before I start my next Flame Tree book. I'm almost there. I'm just past the halfway point, and hopefully that will come out either at the end of this year or beginning of next year. Cool. Um, and I've also got a novella that's called Something in the Groove, that's related to my first book, which was The Haunted Halls. It's got the main character, Lee Buell, from that. He's kind of an urban shaman type guy. And uh, I brought him in into this new book. It's 
it's just a novella that's like almost done, but I've got all these other projects going on. So depending on if I can finish everything, I could well, have a couple of couple more coming out this year. You never know. The coronavirus might give you all the time you need. Well, this is the other thing, right? I wanted to, I meant to ask you guys that. Yeah, but with this uh, whole virus thing going on, my mind has been in like way too many places for me to sit down and get in the zone and write. I can't fucking do it. Like it, I've done it twice since it started. Had a couple of good like couple of hours of just writing in the middle of the night. Right. But so hard. It's like my brain is like being pulled in fifteen thousand different directions for me to like pull out and get into the fucking zone. I can't. I haven't been able to do it. Yeah, awesome. my, my life has been a shit show for 25 years, so writing has always been my escape. To, you know how to work it. So, yeah, I've written uh, 50,000 words in my next Flame Tree book in four weeks. So, oh, shit. Yep. I'll I'm tell you cranking. what. We're home, but we're working from home. So yeah. I, I keep finding that the mornings I'm like checking emails and this and that. And then, like, right when I'm in the home stretch of, like, okay, I'm going to log off at 5. I probably not stood up more than twice all day. <laughs> and, I, I like, when, I work, when I'm at work, I get up. I walk around and whatever. When I'm here, I just sit and don't get up. So, I'm yeah. like, at 5 o'clock, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go take a walk outside. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, clockwork. At 5 o'clock, I get an email from a client, and it's something I got to call <laughs> somebody on. And I end up going from 5 to 7 harder than I did all day. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? I should have just logged on at like 10 o'clock and done the stuff, got all my other stuff done in the morning. That's well, now you know what to do tomorrow. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. My my kids are all little. So it's like my oldest yeah. is 13. So she's kind of, she knows what she's got to get done. She's in her room. She's got her computer. Hers is all online that she's yeah. dealing with. So she's she's all set. We just have to check and make sure she's doing it. But then we've got, we've got a six-year-old or seven-year-old and a 10-year-old. So it's like – and they both have ADHD. So it's like staying on top of them. Even it's if it's hard. for an hour or an hour and a half, two hours, whatever we can get out of them. But it's fucking hard, man. And especially – they're like – they're not used to this either. They're like, no, I'm at home. I don't do schoolwork at home. Yeah. So like having like try to rewire them to like do that it took me forever. Like I just got like a this last week. I've kind of felt like I've got a grip on all this stuff. Yeah, it's until hard. I don't, you know, until you don't. But I'm so glad my hard. kids are taking college from home. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I thought about that when you're like, oh yeah, you know, your kids are like, what'd you say, twenty and twenty one or twenty two and twenty twenty two and twenty. I don't oh. have to see them or deal with them at all. They have their own lives. Exactly. They just miss their boyfriends. Oh, there we go. Oh. But I don't. All good for me. <laughs> oh, the two daughters. That's oh, good times. Yeah. Well, dude, man, it was awesome having you on. This was perfect. Well, thanks for having I think me, guys. Anytime. This, I, this was a conversation I think needs to be ha had. I think people, you're home and you're, you're, feeling, you're feeling things. You're feeling feels. Because now you're not bombarded with stuff. Guess what? We are too. We're all feeling this. So you're not alone. So I think that's the, and, the and big also, thing. Amen. If you're watching if you're watching scary movies, even if you're a horror author and the lights go out, you can feel free to put on a comedy. Stop the movie, put on a comedy. There's no shame in the game. No, you're in control, man. Get freaked out and shut things off and put on psych or adam sandler or whatever else the office is on all day it's wonderful yeah there we go parks seinfeld. and rec seinfeld any of it seinfeld. Seinfeld, the office psych it's all good dolores think... <laughs> uh all right well like i said everybody buy one of glenn's books and yeah, uh, buy one of my books amazon there's some on barnes and noble until summer comes around is up for pre-order you can pre-order it in, in uh paperback and hardcover from Flame Tree or from any of the Barnes and Noble, Amazon, I think you can pre-order the ebook from Flame Tree. I don't know if that's up on on Amazon or anything yet, but it comes out in a month, just over a month from now. So I'm psyched, and hopefully we'll get sales. I know it's been a hard, weird time. So hey, people need entertainment, so reading is damn good entertainment. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Hunter. I'll see you uh, shortly and. This week you got to go the the uh, drink on porch this week. Oh yeah, yes, we are. Monster man I, I on the porch. I might show up there in an hour. Monster man <laughs> on the porch. 
(laughs) (laughs) I could set up the camera. That would be hilarious. Dude, Uh, anytime. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time on Monster Monster Man. Hello, Frisco. Monster Man.